Welcome to Lead Sex at Nova School of Business and Economics, the podcast where every week we go over the major trends that are impacting change and transformation in our world. Welcome to another episode of Lead Sex, where we go over like the current and future trends. Uh, today we are with our co-host Giovanna from Brazil. She's our student co-host, and we are going to uh, interview Gonzalo Hall. Gonzalo is one of the founders of the remote work movement. Um, he's currently in Las Palmas and thinking about whether where to go next, following the community, as he was telling me. And um, we are going to discuss a little bit what's happening with uh, COVID, uh, post-pandemic. Is this here to stay? And um, understand a little bit more about Gonzalo's opinion on the future of work. Gonzalo, thank you so much for um, uh, speaking with us and taking your time. Um, I'm calling you as well, working remotely from Tulum, as you can see now and take advantage of this being the topic for not even like taking the shorts or t-shirt or anything. And um, what's your take? Like we are seeing a lot of changes on remote work. We've had companies like Automatic for a long time that they were discussing um, about that company should be fully remote and what's the best way. A lot of people love it. A lot of people hate it. Then we have large corporations like um, we had um, Apple, that spent billions on a circular office that uh, is supposed to promote interaction with people. What's a little bit your take? So we but first, thank you for the invitation. It's really cool to have to be talking with you today, directly from Las Palmas in Canary Islands. So a lot of things have changed in the last year. One year ago, we were talking with GitLab, like Automatic, like you mentioned from Matt, and with Buffer, with all these crazy companies uh, that were working without any office, 100% remote. They figure out how to do it. They failed a lot, but now they know how to do it. And now after six months of everyone working remotely around the world, we can see that most of the companies understood the value. We see Facebook, we see Twitter, we see Quora, we saw Microsoft last week announcing that everyone can work remotely if they want. We saw Dropbox today announcing that it will work remotely in the future as well. All these companies will work remotely, but... What we are seeing is the different transition from what we expected. Although everyone understood that every, that most of the people actually want to work remotely and want to have the flexibility to work remotely, at the same time, the companies are respecting the ones that don't like to work remotely or because they don't have the conditions and have the education. Maybe they have too many people at home, uh, but there is some people, usually around 30% inside the companies from internal surveys, that are not willing to work remotely, at least fully remote in the future. Companies are respecting that and they are introducing this hybrid model, uh, which is leaving the, the office, reducing the office in around 60, 50 to 60% office space, uh, rebuilding the office from the inside to look more like a co-working space. And at the same time, leaving everyone who wants to work remotely do it without any problems, leaving more the office to a connector point or to if you need a co-working space, you can just come to our office. Most of the big companies are actually already doing this. Uh, Twitter is lending uh, his building uh, on San Francisco. Quora doing pretty much the same. So this is a huge trend from the US. 
actually in Portugal as well, where uh, I am from, we can see the same trend with our systems announcing going remote first, our systems now a global company, talk desk the same. So it's a very cool uh, initiative from everyone else. It's also a big danger because this hybrid system is not the best or the easiest, but- What do you mean by hybrid system? Can you be, and why do you, don't you think it's the best? Of course, a hybrid system is this system where you don't go 100% remote, you are not in the office. You have an office where there is people in the office and you have people working 100% remote. What this can bring to the culture is that the people in office, if the management is in the office as well, have better access to the management and can be preferred instead of the remote people. We don't, you don't want to do this inside a company. You want everyone to be at the same level and you definitely want everyone to be measured by the productivity and the quality of their work. This is what companies should be building, a system inside where productivity is the thing being measured and not time or relationships with the managers. So all the hybrid companies are the ones keeping usually half or 50% of, less than 50% of the office while having a, a huge workforce also 100% remotely. Okay, but uh, tell me something. So they have to build systems to measure productivity. What, um, and, and I think you touched like several like really important points. One is uh, you have to have systems in place to measure productivity. So I would love to know about what are those. And the other is the relationships because, um, and, and I would like to know how, how do you think we can develop the relationships? I, I just give you an example. We've been remotely working on uh, our company for the past uh since March, basically, and we were for two and a half weeks together at the office now in Mexico City. And I have to say that it was uh, the experience was um, was really rewarding once you go through it. It was um, I don't know. I think we got energized from being together, and and the productivity actually increased. So and at least the creativity increased. So a little bit those things like. How do you think you establish relationships online and what are the productivity systems that, uh, that you think are the most common that if you're not Microsoft or Twitter, you can actually implement? Right. Uh, I love the relationships team because there is a huge um, belief around that you cannot build relationships online. And in all the companies that are 100% remote and the ones well, I just Tinder mentioned. Well, Tinder is like... a great example that you can build relationships. <laughs> well, but then you go physical, right? Uh, usually you go really physical afterwards. So there's, there was a there hard balance. There you go. But yeah, the truth is that you can build relationships. What I believe in terms of communication, internal communication, which is the driving force uh, behind relationships, is that you do need to have some synchronous time in calls. And it doesn't need to be always work. There are, for example, the mission calls or the monthly all ends on that really create this uh, mission uh, statement for the company where people feel connected. But you can also have social relationships being built and social games. For example, I played with one of my teams in the US. There are, most of them are actually in Portland. And we played uh, Escape Room, remote Escape Room together. And it was insanely how, fun. How did you do that? Like locked in your room? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so no, just kidding. So they built uh, a mix of a software and someone who is actually in the room. And so you, you we are all talking with the person in the room and that person is basically our eyes and our soul inside. 
inside the room and what we guide that we guide that person through the whole uh, escape room it's super fun definitely you guys should try it but yeah all these little touch points all these synchronous moments on video create relationships uh when you have a call with your team the first five to ten minutes should be about building relationship and the next 20 minutes should be about work there is always this social touch point in every single call that you should have the call should not always be about work you should reduce the number of calls, but in the calls that you have, you should definitely work on the relationships. Then there is a second layer, which is every manager should have a direct conversation weekly or bi-weekly with their direct reports, meaning this half an hour conversation should be, for example, half social. How are you feeling? Do you have any issue? Do you have everything you need? Is there any blocks? And then let's talk about work. Let's talk about your productivity, your OKRs. Is there anything else that you need to do a better work? What do you want to do in the future? It should be this mix between personal conversation to create a great relationship, but also to be aware of what the employees are feeling and then talk about work and the measurement of the productivity. One Second thing part that, of uh, the question. Go sorry, go. just, uh, just uh, because one thing I, I remember, I think it's the year without pants from um, about Atta automatic. Yeah, yeah, and uh, one of the things I, I really liked there was that uh, they were saying um, even on chat, like on work chat, you should um, be talking about personal issues and discussing other things. So it's not as much just like the whole business thing the whole time. Yeah, usually most of the companies have a shit chat uh, channel on their communication or uh, cool off channel where people just talk about random stuff. Another channel that really works is GIF channels and um, animal channels. So where people share their animals, that really works for building relationships GIF and, and conversations. Animal channels. Cool. Yes, <laughs> they really work somehow. I'm, I don't have animals because I travel too much, but in all the communities where I am and all the companies, it works like fire. Everyone loves to show off their animals. So that's a free tip. <laughs> nice. And the second part of the question you were saying? Pro productivity. I think it really yeah. depends on the position. I think on IT, it's pretty much figure out with the whole agile. Uh, that's pretty much figure out how to measure productivity. I really like the GitLab approach where it's not only the amount of uh, work that you did, but also the quality of the work you did. Uh, that's really important. But for example, in marketing, in design, it's a little in more creative areas, it's a little bit more difficult. So what we measure more than anything is are people um, delivering their projects on time? Uh, are, for example, imagine for a social media manager, are people delivering their work with quality on time? Uh, that can be a way of measuring the productivity. And it's very simple. It's a yes or no question, right? It's not about the relationship that you have to the person. Is is the, is the work uh, quality with quality or not and is that person delivering this work on time or not so there are of course departments where productivity is very very objective for example in sales it's very easy to measure productivity in sales number of contacts number of calls number of sales pretty much it's a funnel right but there are Again, the, these, creative, um, these creative positions that are a little harder, for example, design is pretty much the same. So then we should have more like OKRs and touch points to make sure that people are delivering the product on time or their work on time and that that work has actually quality. And uh, regarding uh, creativity, how do you foster it? 
Oh, I love, I'm a creative person. I don't understand why people say that online people are not creative, but. No, no, no are... not online, not online people are not creative because I think, um, well, I spent all my quarantine, as I was telling you before, uh, living literally like 20 meters from the beach uh, in Tulum and spearfishing every morning. And, uh, and that really helped my creativity. And I think I was actually in terms of creativity, very um, productive. Um, what I wouldn't uh, consider as much is uh, like a team pro uh, creativity, like how do we interact so that we can actually generate ideas. Because a lot of the things mm -hmm. I, I know, I really like the moments of like the coffee. The, yeah. um, we have an office by a park. Let's go for a walk. Let's uh, like those small moments that uh, are not work related where I think a lot of great ideas come up. You know, we are doing the same at work from one of the companies I work with. We are doing walking conversations and walking meetings because we feel that we sit, we spend too much time sitting. So we embrace these short meetings while walking. I think this is also a very good idea because they say sitting is the new, sm the new smoking. And if it is, we are all really, really bad shape after the last <laughs> nine months. Um, but yeah, so there is several ways of doing it. There is, of course, tools where you can foster this. For example, I really like Klaxon. It's a, it's a French software. Uh, works like an infinite visual board, the same with Miro. It works like infinite, infinite visual board where you can do, for example, brainstorm. And I really like to do asynchronous brainstorm. There is something weird when your manager tells you after lunch at 2 p.m. when your brain is not working, guys, let's do a brainstorm session. You have 30 minutes to deliver all your ideas. And dude, after lunch, my brain just shuts down. So I really like the, the idea of having a board open where you can post all your ideas that you have during the day, during the shower. Most of my ideas come during the shower. Why should I? I have do the this? same. I have the same thing. I have notepads that are waterproof. Have you checked that? <laughs> can get really them cool. like for five euros on Amazon. <laughs> and drawing in the shower, having a glass that you can draw in the shower when you have ideas. Yeah. Real, really good. So yeah, I think these tools like Laxon really helps to have to be more asynchronous, um, have more creativity, asynchronous, have more ideas, build more solutions. One thing that you really have to be considered is that when you are working remotely or with a distributed team, these moments don't happen by chance like in the office. In the office, you have the coffee machine, like you mentioned. When you are fully distributed, there is no coffee machine. You do have the coffee machine in your apartment or in your co-working space where I always work from, but there is no coffee machine talk. So we, first we can replace this with, um, with purpose, meaning creating times, creating space for these talks to happen, scheduling them on the agenda of everyone, uh, at the same time, of course, asking ideas in brainstorms, in asynchronous brainstorms. Imagine you want to fix an issue on a website, open uh, Mural on Klaxon or any other platform and send on Slack on general. Guys, we are looking for ideas. And maybe instead of the Martin that will have the idea, I think trying not to build these silos inside the, the teams and you can really do this better because online there is no specific rooms. Opening the solution to all their members of your teams can actually help you in also building more creativity and more different solutions inside your own uh, company. Okay, Giovanna, you have a question. Um, okay, so let's talk a, a little bit about um, office spaces. Uh, we've seen many companies addressing that, like they they will have few um, pods on the on their offices and have smaller offices for 
less people. So how do you think they should plan their office spaces in the future? Oh, I love this team because as you know, I, I hate to work from home. I love to work remotely and I hate to work from home. So I think that these new offices will be more like collaboration and meeting spaces. That space where you go on Friday to drink a beer or imagine that you are living in Tulum and you go to Cidade de Mexico just to speak with your team and you have Friday and you work together, but you collaborate. So I think instead of the open, open office that we were having in the last 20 years, I think open office is that for a long time. It's very interrupting. You cannot focus. I don't see any benefits besides financial. But I think these new offices will be built with several What small spaces. What do you mean spaces. by open offices? Oh, the open. But I think, don't you think it changes? For instance, I actually focus better on a coffee shop and with yes. people around me than alone. Well, alone, I get distracted. But it's people that you are not connecting with. It's not the people in your team that are converse, that are having some conversation about something related to your work. Okay. And you are you are not listening. You are just. I do the same. I love to work from cafes, but it's people that people are having conversation with my headphones, and I don't care about what they're talking about. Yeah. I feel that inside your company, there is a lot of interruptions in an open office. Anyone can tap you in the shoulder and interrupt you. Imagine that you are coding. Any, any interruption will just bring you out of the focus and you take usually 23 minutes to refocus again. Uh, in an open office, interruptions are so constant that it's, it's almost impossible to focus. Another example is like several programmers in um, Silicon Valley, they rent meeting rooms so they can focus on deep work. And I had the same in the company I consult with in Lisbon. The guys had to rent meeting rooms inside their own office so they could do deep work. And this is insane. This is not, it shouldn't be like this. So that's why I defend smaller spaces, more collaborative, more like creating smaller, imagine a couch with some place that you can meet with some whiteboards around. I really like this idea of creating spaces for connection, but not super open spaces. Even if you have an open space, create smaller spaces in that opens to foster the connection yeah, that like you're separation, looking for. Like separation. Yes. Have you tried, one thing I've been playing a lot with um, and with our team as well is VR. There are several interesting like uh, areas of VR that are developing like co-working. Have you, have you looked into it? Because I, I think there are like actually several interesting um, experiences going on on Oculus Quest that I use quite a bit. Uh, I've been seeing some mm -hmm. interesting things. I haven't tried it yet. I know a company that is doing this for two years at least, and they are backed by Microsoft. So Microsoft is with their, with some money in the game as well. Yeah, they have all the lens, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the one. So I'm following these yeah. guys for two years. They are developing a lot, and it's really cool. I haven't been there. I think it's part of the future, but the technology has to be cheaper to, in order to make it part of the future. Yeah, uh, you so might want to try cool. with the Oculus Quest. The Oculus Quest, actually, to, to try. We have a few headsets because we also have a school. Um, so we are actually try, starting to teach on VR, and uh, nice. I think there are some really cool, in, in, uh, some really cool, interesting things. One of the things that I complain, and I'm actually writing an article now. The title is a, might be a little bit controversial, but it's something around like sex is not the same as watching a porn movie, because one of the things I've been looking into is. Um, Hey, just like by filming, uh, and that's one of my complaints about like these Zoom meetings and so on, is you're not really using technology. You're going into yeah. like interactions. It's like a class. 
it's like, okay, there's a class and now we're doing an online class and the online class is about filming the class. Hey, that's not an online class. That's like, just like filming something. You can do like inverted education. You can do like all these different uh, um, and technologies that you can use like quizzes and so, but properly used quizzes, not the whole like uh, kazoo or whatever that people try to use. But technology is not being really adapted. And I think on the workspace a little bit, what I feel is, okay, now we put cameras on us. So that should replace uh, physical interaction. And yeah, uh, how I do agree. we go about that? I, I agree that that doesn't replace. Uh, I really like um, an interview and uh, this, this is like a legend already, which is someone was interviewing the CEO of Doist and he was complaining at the end of the interview that he was having a really, really heavy week, too many calls. And it was like, the interviewer was like, so how many calls do you have this week? Oh, I have five. It's insane. I should reduce this. Uh, most of the people have five in in one morning or in one day tops, right? So there is this magic of when you go remote, you do reduce the synchronous communication. You talk more synchronously. So all these Zoom meetings sometimes are actually just Slack messages or anything or a Loom message or something like that. So it's very important for me every time I consult a company to reduce these Zoom meetings uh, because there are too many, you are not working. There is a cool book, I don't remember the name, but there is a, a cool book that says that the cost of meetings in the US is like $60 trillion every year because people are not productive when they are meeting, they're not producing, they're not working. Uh, how I do it, how do I go about it? Again, I really like tools like whiteboards where you can just connect asynchronously and instead of having a meeting, uh, you can spare, put all your ideas there. It works really well for weekly meetings. It works really well for a lot of things. I don't think that this system of putting four people in one meeting where one is talking and the other three or 10 or 20 are just quiet and doing other stuff without actually being focused there, this doesn't work. The same goes for education. Uh, education needs to be much more interactive. First, it needs to be shorter. You cannot give eight hours of education in one day in a remote world. It's almost impossible to focus for more than two hours, two and a half yeah, hours. Even on, in on, a very the, heavy in, day. on physical class, it's the same. The same. It's like if you yeah. do like eight hour days of class, it's just like filling the schedule. It's insane. So what you should do is like shorter, very interactive. And of course, there's a lot of things you can do right now uh, with a lot of different softwares. I really like the break rooms, the discussions. I really like the quiz as well. I really like the, the brainstorming. I always go back to the brainstorming. I think it's being underused in the online world. We need more brainstorming. It's synchronous brainstorming, but also there are several tools where you can build like a word cloud and other stuff. You need to be creative. You need to be shorter, more straight to the point in the online world, specifically in education where you actually want to pass something to the other side. Uh, it doesn't work to also to repeat the same thing over and over again. It just people need some action. So leave space for exercises, for example. Leave space in the meetings for actually working, actually do something inter interesting and actually bring something new to the table. I think when you do that, everyone wins. Okay, and um, Giovanna. Okay. Um, so, what about the if you if you decide to go work at home, but your company still has an office and stuff, do you think it's the company's responsibility to um, make sure that the the employee has a good uh, internet connection, 
or like we saw companies lending um, office supplies such as keyboard, mice, uh, chairs. Do you think uh, what's the, the like most? Uh, I, th the I think responsibility is a really heavy word. I think companies should provide. I think it's their responsibility to mandatory provide it. Uh, you see, again, the best companies do provide a stipend for you to spend on your hardware. I don't think they need to. But again, when you are in the, in the process of recruitment, if this company offers you $1.5,000 in equipment and the other one says you pay what you have, who will you choose? You will choose the one that offers you the best conditions. So I think this is a perk. It's not a must-have. And I see most companies will actually not offer everything outside Silicon Valley tech companies that, of course, will keep doing it because they need to attract the best talent. I don't really believe that all the companies, specifically SMEs, uh, small and medium companies, I don't think they will offer it because it's not worth it for them. Imagine that you have a global company, you have to ship stuff to Brazil, to India, and to Bangladesh. It will be a lot of work. It's just easy to even give 500 euros in a stipend and people will buy locally. So again, not responsibility, but it's a very good perk and it's a very good, good way of convincing the people to join your company. And um, what, are, what are for you? Nothing is perfect. So nothing is perfect and everything has pros and cons. What are for you the drawbacks of remote work? Where do you think, you know what, it really doesn't make uh, a lot of sense here or it makes all the sense in the world. Um, where, where do you think, uh, where do you draw the line? Like when you say, look, this is really better if you're physically present. This is really uh, the type of company that I would have like um, physical with a physical office and so on. And since I saw that one of the, you know, Hyperloop project from Elon Musk, it's yeah. not from Elon Musk. Everyone knows Hyperloop. Yeah. So Hyperloop was built by I an international it's, uh, Richard team. Branson, right. No, no, well. it's uh, now it's part of Tesla, but it was actually our loop, uh, which it, it was a start. It was actually a group of people uh, that gathered online, a group of engineers from all over the world that work on that project asynchronously after their job. So they had the full-time job with Apple, with anyone else. Then afterward, they would jump in and they all helped to win, uh, to build Hyperloop, which was just a project from a team to a competition that Elon Musk created with Tesla. That to say what? Uh, there is this illusion that to create physical products, for example, you don't need to have people together. Right now, thanks to technology, that is not true anymore. So to be honest, unless it's something that you need to be physically present, like um, having a store open, although even the working space I have don't have anyone inside. Uh, so unless it's just a business where I have to go and speak with the public in person, but again, the, the barriers are insane. For example, uh, I think it's Upwork or Shopify. I'm not, I don't recall correctly. One of these two companies have an office in, um, in the US. And the front desk person, the person when you enter in the office that says, oh, hello, oh, Mr. Adrian is in the office tree. You have a meeting, blah, blah, blah. So this person is actually now fully remote. So the way yeah, they did Shopify. it, they, they, <laughs> Shopify, they built cameras in the entrance and this person is working from our home and actually managing two offices instead of one and three doors instead of just one. So sometimes when there is barriers, the barriers are more on the creativity side, I believe. Of course there are, and by remote work, and this is very important, remote work doesn't mean first, doesn't mean working alone. I hate to work alone. I love to work surrounded by people and with like-minded people. That's why I come to 
these places like Las Palmas. That's why I work from Bali. That's why I work from Chiang Mai. That's why I hope to go to Mexico soon as well to yeah, play Del Carmen. Because you mentioned you mentioned that actually when uh, when I told you about uh, we we're j- discussing briefly uh, before the podcast and when I mentioned something I thought I thought it was interesting. It's like I'm following the community. So actually, yeah. you're not following like being a hermit. You're what you're actually following is uh, you're following the like a group of friends is it a group of friends or just no, like like-minded people i think it's more like-minded people I, so i'm a digital nomad just for context and this means basically that i work remotely and i don't have an actual home i don't have a base i just travel all the time and you have the way I, somewhere or no well if you count my mother's apartment maybe some clothes go. some winter yeah. clothes there but that's pretty much it right now and some shoes that for volleyball that i don't play in the roads uh but basically what i follow and what passions me is this digital nomad community because the first they are outliers they have a very special mentality and usually they are very interesting people of course i'm generalizing there is also people that are not interesting in the community but those most of them are outliers they went against the status quo Let so i love to be around the community what you define as challenge uh, what you define as uh, very interesting people i'll tell you just because i've been to give you an idea i've been um, out of portugal for 22 years i've lived in like uh, 10 countries um nice. and then and i'm always on planes and friends all over and so on i do have like a couple of bases but i do spend a lot like this year i've been like totally like a digital nomad for sure like it was ridiculous how little time i spent at uh, at my place but um one of the things i've started to to understand a little bit like is a little bit the beauty of routine and uh and that there are very interesting people that they are not just jumping from one flower to the next this the same day how do you define interesting people for it so that's a good point i travel only at two months so i don't keep traveling all the time i change yeah. every two to three months so i spend a lot of time in most of the places but for me interesting people are people that think differently people that challenge the status quo people that went against all the traditions in their own cultures and decided to okay no i don't need to buy a house i don't need to buy a car i want to build my own business i want to be a coach i want to start a consultancy i want to even work remotely but work from bali or i want to understand the culture of different countries usually are very flexible open-minded people that the, the conversations I have every day in places like Changu in Bali, in places like Las Palmas, even in Lisbon that became a huge hotspot for digital nomads, are totally at a different, higher level than the conversations I have, for example, with my old friends in Lisbon. And some, sometimes it's even hard to connect with what used to be my friends because the conversations are just so different and the interests and the way we see the world because... You experience how is to live in Mexico, how is to live in Bali. And every time you have this shock of cultures, you grow. I grew more in the last two years than I grew in the last 10, probably, uh, than before that. So, yeah, just people that are growing a lot, challenging the status quo, having global companies or working remotely or just, yeah, there is a lot of different people in the movement. <laughs> Okay, so um, Gonzalo, um, you obviously like very much being a nomad, right? So uh, what do you think is the biggest barrier toward the transition to full remote work for like most companies? 
I think again, it's the feeling of belonging. It's the same reason why people buy houses. It's still interesting to have a flag in the ground and saying, this is ours. This is where we belong. Uh, I think just that it's the culture. It's why people still buy houses to live in them uh, and then got stuck in one place forever. I think that's the only barrier. And of course, it's in the terms in, in mentality and implementation as well. It's much easier to close 50%. And if things go wrong, you still have an office to go to go back to, right? So there is a lot of people testing and not all are doing great uh, because not all are adapting. A lot of them are just installing Zoom and Slack and now they say they are remote. Uh, so all these, I think this is like a safety net as well. Uh, if, anything, if everything goes wrong, we can always go back to the office. And historically, some companies did it, like Yahoo way back did it and called everyone back to the office. And, um, and regarding mental health, that has been an issue. Like we've been seeing a lot of depression and so on. Like one of like some things that we've been doing is actually like we all meditate together or whoever nice. wants to meditate in our company. And uh, we also have a shaman in the office. So we have a little bit like a different approach to, to mental health, but, uh, but definitely meditation. And at the, we did some remote yoga classes, then people stopped coming in. And curiously, we are like, okay, people are not coming in. So we'll just stop it. And now people are like, hey, can we meditate together? I was like, oh, <laughs> people are coming back. But have you noticed like an increase in like... Um, depression and so on like what's a little bit uh, your take and how to deal with it how can companies uh, deal with it first yes definitely and the time we spend in the stress situation where we are still uh, we still are in the stress situation with covid uh, let's see if kids are not back in the house again for people that have kids and families inside the house husband and wife working together sometimes without an office all this causes a huge amount of stress in people. So mental health suffers. And you can, when you cannot, even my mental health suffered. I, uh, during the first confinement I was in Lisbon, it was for me really, really stressing to be in Lisbon during this time, not being able to be in the nature, not being able to go to the beach simply and give, take a dive. This, I was working 14 hours days, which is another challenge that most companies have to face and make sure that people don't overwork. All these needs to be very, very mindfully taken care of by the companies. I really believe in this position that will be key to all this uh, mental health um, stability inside the employees, which is this head of remote position. I think this position will grow and part of the responsibilities of this person is actually to make sure that every single individual is going okay, they have what they need and her, his or her needs are being taken care. Uh, of course, we have Darren Murr from GitLab, which is like a world hero by now because it's just every in every single conference. But I think this position will grow. And I think what you are doing is really, really good. And every single company should follow you in. Uh, yeah, there is this company in Brazil, Bureau Coffee. They have this also really cool culture where they meditate as well. They do yoga. They have a head of love which is a position that takes care exactly of what you were mentioning. So if you have a problem, you schedule a time with a head of love and she will just talk with you. And that's the only job she has. Just talk with people, make sure they are all right, make sure they need yeah, something. Yeah, we, we got the shaman that does the energy, like the energy healing and does like all these things. That's so cool, man. And we do like online therapy. I think, but that's, for instance, I think it's stronger because when you're talking about a lot of the things that he does, I think the... Um, 
it's it's more interesting in person but we've seen like a really increase in morale after we have i was actually inspired by billions the sitcom on Met, on netflix that they had like a, a in-house therapist and i was like hey that's kind of sounds cool so maybe we could do something like that and um and it's been working when people join the company they're a little bit like freaked out about it but uh <laughs> but then i think it's really cool i think that's the way i think that's the way to be honest uh, bringing online and bringing to the companies more psychologists more people even to talk because it can be very specifically for people working from home it can be very very pressing and we are people we used to work in tribes and to live in tribes so we need to have human connections basically but also education i have to mention this it's very important to educate both leaders and employees on how to behave when they work remotely we assume that they know because well it's just work from home right but i think there is a need for education internal education as well on how to set up your office how to do breaks how to stop your day at the time all that i think it's very needed inside most companies Gonzalo, well, I want to be respectful of your time. Thank you so much. It's been really interesting. Just um, a couple of uh, closing questions. Um, what's your advice for companies that are now understanding how to deal with the future? You advise a lot of companies on it and you're very experienced. What's your advice both for people that want to keep working remotely, uh, what they should do next? Because I think there people have been like going to an extreme, oh, now everything is remote and now everything. So like usually like, the um, the beauties in the middle some somewhere not the hybrid but like something where people adapt um but and find the balance uh and how do companies move now that we are starting seeing probably like a, a more normal situation coming back in the next few months so people i think for the people it's very important to know themselves understand what kind of people you are uh, what kind of personality i used the uh, 16 personalities which is my bricks basically super simple 10 minutes um, if you go to 16personalities.com it's just an assessment of 10 minutes and you can learn a lot about yourself for example i know i'm an extrovert and i gather energy from people around me for that reason i only i make sure that i connect with people and that I work with people that are around me. And if you are an introvert, you should do the other way around, but always keep in mind that you have to be social. So the first thing I would do is actually get to know yourself, get to know how you work, how you think, how you interact, how you get energy, how you spend energy. And after that, choose wisely the place where you should work. I don't think working from home is for everyone. I hate to work from home. Again, I do think that there is a place uh, with flexibility where anyone can actually work from and you should work. You should take this opportunity to work from a place that actually suits you where your tribe is and where the people that are like-minded like yourself uh, are as well. For the companies, I think it's very important to first educate your employees and team leaders that this experience of remote work was insane uh, this was not what remote work is about remote work is about flexibility and we didn't have a flexibility to do anything in the last nine months uh, so when you are planning the future take in mind that a lot of work need a lot of people need to work in, around people so make sure for example that you have co-working spaces or that you have at least that option for the employees Make sure you have a very strong documentation. I think documentation is the biggest issue. 99% of the companies I consult with and communication usually is more or less okay, but documentation is failing pretty much everywhere. So I would check documentation, check your communication systems. Don't be afraid of work asynchronously. 
it's okay. People will be more productive. You'll have less interruptions and keep learning. There is people, amazing people putting good content out there every day. So just make sure you learn with everyone else around you, like GitLab and like Doist. They have amazing articles, follow them and make sure you learn from them. Perfect. Gonzalo, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, really enjoyed our conversation. I hope we can um, talk more and probably in person if you happen to come to Mexico. You're even very welcome to stay over. Let me know. And um, Giovanna, thank you so much for organizing and to your group to put everything together. Marius uh, for the production and all the, the production at the, the production team. And uh, Gonzalo, safe travels. And uh, it was really, really a pleasure. Looking forward to Thank speaking you. again. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure to be here and to answer your questions. And if you need anything, just reach, me, reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's virtually the place where I'm most active. This was the LeadSax podcast, and it is produced by Marika Agelberg, Marius Busen, Philippe Santiago Lopes, and David Bernardo Santo. We'll see you next week.